Hey, quick note before the show. We recorded this episode about a month ago. Today, the day that we're recording it, season 12 of Buffy has been officially announced along with some pretty massive news around it. So hang out till the end of the show. After we do our plugging and say goodbye, we'll be back real fast to say hello again so we can react to it, theorize, and I can get my own personal therapy session out of the way. (laughs) It's a little bit that too. Uh, But until the very end of the show, enjoy what we did a month ago with no actual knowledge that this was coming. Enjoy. There is only one thing on this earth more powerful than evil, and that's us. Hi guys, this is Claire Kramer, a.k.a. The Great Glorificus, and you are listening to the Buffy Back Issue Bed. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where we go through all the Buffy and Angel comics that are canon chronologically. I'm Zach. And I'm Emily. And we're kind of done with that. We're all caught up. I guess so. So this will be our retrospective. Welcome to the Buffy Back Issue Bin, the show where all of the animals get jealous of each other and try and get in our laps simultaneously. Just our animals, not the animals in Buffy. That would be weirder. I guess there's a bunch of cats now. Yes. And I guess there was a flying fish. Where did our cat go? He was here a second ago, being jealous. Charlie. Let him do his thing. He's probably going to go pee in your futon. Or bed. I hope Or not. couch. Or anything that I like. But this week, what we are doing, since we are all caught up, we're going to be doing a retrospective on everything that's canon as a whole, and also looking to the future. Yes. So I guess to kind of start out is to go back, as the show is all about, and looking at it chronologically. And this isn't something you were doing at the time, but just to look at where things started. When Frey happened, because that was kind of the first one, that wasn't a phenomenon, because we're going to get to phenomenon. It was more of just kind of a novelty, like, oh, hey, Whedon's writing a book, it's about Buffy, it's set in the far future, that's not going to affect anything. Ha-ha! No, it definitely does. Do you think that people laughed like that when they read it? <laughs> yes, exactly like that. <laughs> I mean, Frey happens, and it's neat. There's no question. It's a neat little thing like, oh man, I wonder how we'll get there. And now I'm more at a point where I'm like, oh man, we have to deal with this. Yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you gave me Frey to read the first time. Oh, when we were watching it, did I? Yeah. yeah no the first time I read Frey was where it falls. Between six, it must have been in, in between show. six and seven. Yeah. And you were like, you have to read this before we start watching season seven. Because it's going to be really neat when that scythe shows up. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I did. Frey happens and that's fine. And then we get Long Night's Journey and that's fine, I guess. We'll never revisit that. <laughs> we, It'd be fun if they did, if they somehow tied Long Night's Journey back in. But who the hell remembers that book? No one. It's very hard to find. You're lo- you're giving me a lot of side eye. Well, because I remember talking about all this stuff, but remember absolutely none of the names. Oh, that was the angel one that Joss wrote before things had been kind of oh, canon. Oh, the one about the soul. Thing. Yeah, like yeah, who, who, yeah, yeah. Is it really your soul? And there's also a priest who's doing a thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Up on. No, I just didn't remember the name of it. Yeah, no one remembers it. So. That was a year ago. <laughs> that's fair but they're never going to follow up on that so i mean those two things are kind of fun novelties and there had always been buffy and angel comics and they had been primarily fan dominated <sighs> i don't know what to call them because i i mean i think they're bad but part <laughs> of what i well but i'm not looking at them necessarily like i don't look at them just as oh you're a comic book i go well okay where could you possibly fall into the world oh literally nowhere you cannot fall anywhere you're out of canon i do not care for you Oh, you mean like the Spike Wants New Boots one? <sighs> hate that book. I know. That's not why. Actually, that is why we're here, I guess. We don't need to dwell on that one. But the stuff that Dark Horse is doing at the time, 
was kind of whatever. And then the same deal when IDW got the Angel book back. And at the time, there was no sense of, oh, there's going to be something coming. It was, well, IDW is producing Angel books that happened post-show. Guess I'll read them. Yeah. Because there was a void. A void that I have not felt in a long time. Right. I mean... When did when did they start that? What year I mean, they that started thing? the IDW stuff like right after and stuff that we didn't do on the show because it's non-canon now. Right. Like there, boy, I should look that up. There was not a big lapse in time. It was like, well, Angel's gone. Here's some Angel books post show. But when did season eight start? Two thousand seven, March of two thousand seven. Okay, so March of two thousand seven, you get season eight. And why? said phenomenon i meant that word these books really started the idea of creators coming back and continuing their stories and for a couple of years it was really big it's kind of died down now and now you kind of get more licensed stuff and you do have some creators doing their own stuff but at the time buffy was kind of the first one to jump into the world of oh the person who made it is continuing it and i was looking at sales figures today just to see like where we were to where we are now and also just how comics sell in general. Buffy's original numbers were absolute insanity. They It cracked the top 10 books that month. It sold like 109,000 copies. Wow. Nothing sells like that. That's an insane figure. Yeah. Compared to now, Buffy's between 9 and 10,000 and I mean, Angel's closer to 5. It's been 11 years. Yeah, but that still, like, the idea of one, like, a book that... You know, for the most part, the top 10 books you see every month are a Marvel and DC book and The Walking Dead. The idea that Dark Horse had a book that was selling over 100k is insanity. I also understand why Dark Horse, or not Dark Horse, why IDW was like, oh, we should probably do something with this Angel property. Oh, hey guys, do you um, want to do that, something that, about that now? That involves weeding because money. Yeah. Boy, over a hundred thousand copies. Okay, how depressing is that though from the Dark Horse side of things, looking back on it now being like the first one, we had a hundred thousand people that read it, and now we're literally a tenth of that. I mean that's true for any issue one and you know, especially like as a guy who has to order this stuff, you always plan for a decrease. It's very rare when you see a series that doesn't lose figures. But to see it starting at over a hundred thousand, that's insane. Yeah. In when I was looking up the numbers, I never imagined it was going to be that high. So, you know, if you still have a copy of Buffy Season 8, number one, not worth that much. There's 100,000 others out there. That's crazy. Wow. I wonder how many printings it went through. I didn't check that. I don't know. It's not really that exciting to talk about on a review. Um, I don't know. I can't. I find those things exciting. I know you do. I should have looked at that. That's charming. We should have. We're kind of going off the cuff here. We should have talked ahead of time. I would have looked up numbers. Season 8 happens, and it's such a big deal, and Whedon's involved in it, and everyone's eating that up. And I just remember, like, at the time, how exciting it was. Yeah, I mean, it's good. It's big. It's bloated. It's messy. But it's also the first time that that had ever really been done, that a creator could continue not in the TV format. So no wonder it was a little... Ostentatious. Yeah, a little a little messy. The cat's back. Hi, buddy. Are you ready to be jealous again? Yeah, he's ready. But I can't tell you how exciting the idea of season eight was at the time, because, I mean, especially, like, you know, in that time frame, I don't like a lot of the material that was out in kind of the mid-2000s, and I was revisiting Buffy and Angel a lot, and revisiting Firefly, and Serenity was all done, and the idea of getting something new kind of in that vein of just storytelling that I enjoyed was a big deal. Well... And also just the fact that Joss was involved. I know you mentioned it before that it was kind of the first time. But 
that Joss is still involved, that it's still his world-ish. Yeah, I mean, his stuff, now, they have, um, seems to be a seasonal summit, where they kind of say, like, hey, this is what we're going to do, and then he goes away. Because he hasn't been directly involved since the beginning of season nine, at least with the scripting aspect of it. He's been involved, but not as much so. I mean, that's more than can be said for most other properties. I can't think of one. Yeah. That that also would work like that. Yeah, and I mean, something, at least comparatively for, like, Buffy and Angel, you see a bunch of stuff coming back these days, like, in new seasons of television, like The X-Files, or Roseanne, or Will and Grace. Or Gilmore Girls. Or Gilmore Girls. You can't get that with Buffy, because... I mean, especially the guys who played like Spike and Angel. They, they don't look the same as they did they, when they were in their 20s. In all fairness, I think David Boreanaz is in better shape now, but they still, yeah, he doesn't look like he's in his late 20s anymore. Yeah. But fitter somehow. But still not like a normal person. Yeah, so you can't get that reunion. Although Roseanne killed John Goodman and somehow he's back. Don't know how that worked. He's still alive. Are you kidding? John Goodman? Did we just talk about this the other night? It's John Candy that's not alive Yes, John Candy has been dead for a long time. You just think of fat guys named John. No, I just mix up. No, no, that's what you think. I don't really try and Yeah, try and backpedal from that. That's what you think. You're like, I just can't just, you know, differentiate fat guys named oh, John. I just mix up their names. We already went over this on the show. No, we did, we did it the other Nicholas night. Nicholas Brendan. I just mix up last names. <laughs> I know who the Salt. people are. It was not the show. It was the other night when I was watching a movie. You're like, who is that? <laughs> no. I'm like, John Goodman. You're like, no, I know. Oh, I that's just... not John Candy. Like, no. I don't know what anybody's name is. Uh, anywho, how did we get there? But yeah, the show can't come back in another form, or it, it wouldn't work. And even many of the actors have been very blatant, like they wouldn't do it. So. So there you go. Yeah. So we're living in the world of comics from now on. Especially where it's gone on longer as a comic than it has a show, which is insane. I guess you've lived in the world of comics for many years. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it coming back and it's still continuously going, I guess we'll kind of get to what should happen in a little bit. But let's talk highlights. Um, and kind of looking at it, and, I mean, you weren't living it at the time, like the hype around it. Because, I mean, season eight was a highlight, just that the whole vibe around it. But kind of looking back on it, you know, <laughs> with 10 years of perspective. Yeah, so looking back on it, not with that perspective, but just thinking back, Frey, Frey is really good. Frey is its own contained world, and it was the longest thing we did. I remember that. Yeah, I mean, for because that was eight issues versus our typical like five or six that we do. But that was also my first introduction, just like everybody else's, to the comic, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I'm kind of anti-Frey now. Not like, I like the character and I like the story and I like the world, but it's kind of created an unfortunate restriction on future storytelling. Because yes. now that we've especially accepted, especially with Buffy interacting with the character, that Frey is kind of an inevitability that we need to get there. Although, that being said, there have been enough changed futures. I guess, and Buffy has done alternate timelines before, like the timeline that Anya created where they were all vampires. I guess it's more just that I'm less concerned about making our way to the Frey future. There's a lot of things that can happen between now and then, and I don't I don't feel the same pressure that you do on that. But I like having that contained world be my first introduction to the comics. It made it less jarring when we went back to the characters that we actually knew yeah. to switch over to the to the different format, if that makes any sense. 
No, it's it's less expansive. It doesn't feel as unending as it does now. Yeah. Clearly there is an ending because we've done all of it. Then, up next in my brain for big points, there's the stuff that you love. Angel stuff. After the fall? Yeah. I do love that stuff. That's not even like a... I like it in the sense of like Buffy and Angel. Those are some of my all-time favorite comics. Yeah, no, you have consistently said over and over that is your favorite thing in the world. I love After the And if you could have possibly gotten a page from that, you would have in... Well, and... Yeah, there's no way of getting that now. I mean, After the Fall is... It's just well done. It's amazing. I, the voices are right. The art is right. It's I, told in the right way and put together in the right way. It ups the stakes and it gives all of the characters a full arc. And it somehow, despite... It walks this amazing line between being too much, which I don't feel like it ever crosses over to, which it probably should. Like, all of Los Angeles is in hell. There's a dragon. There are dragons that are jet hybrids, but it still manages to say so character focused. I really like the dragon, though. Cordelia? Yeah. I love it. It's a great oh, dragon. Oh, man. Yeah. That book just, it does all of the right character stuff that it doesn't feel that it's hitting an overblown point, even though it definitely is, but you just, I just never felt it. No. Um, and it hits all the right emotional beats, like, you know, the reveal that Angel is human, or getting Cordelia back, or having Connor just beat the hell out of Gun. Overblown, that's a good word for season eight. Yeah. To talking about that. They feel, there's a they, lot of that. They cross we that line. We don't have a budget. Right, they cross that line, and not in, not out of anything, but kind of like Look excitement and love. Yeah. It's not, it's not in a way like... I'm so bored, like, let's see what I can get away with, or I'm trying to push the envelope here. It just is, it's legitimately, all of these people who love these characters sat down and thought, if we could do anything in the world, what would we do? And then they did it all in one season. What blows my mind about some of the After the Fall stuff is there was a relative amount of internet backlash on that book, which just blows my mind. Like, why? Didn't you talk to the writer? I did, yeah. And I've told that story on this show. I mean, I can quickly sum it up again, but... No, it was more just that I yeah, couldn't I, remember if that was the right or... Yeah, yeah. No, it was that, um, because I also, like, you know, there was one time he was on, like, an early podcast, and I called in and talked to him and, like, dumb stuff like that, or wrote in to a Q&A, just dumb stuff. I was just excited to talk to Angel. You still are. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, meeting him at uh, New York Comic Con in 09, when they had an oh. IDW panel, and that was before um, Dark Horse was going to take the book back, and he was like, we're doing a Spike full season, it's going to be a whole big thing, then it was, like, eight issues instead. But they were like, oh, the last issue of After the Fall is up at this table if you want to take a peek at it. And Franco Uru was there, like, right in front of me. And then I, like, did a beeline to the table, like, reading this book. And when I was done with it, Brian Lynch came up to me. He's like, so what'd you think of, you know, some people were kind of mad about the whole time jumpy thing. And they felt like it was kind of a cop-out. I'm like, doesn't matter. There was a whole full arc for all the characters. The timeline doesn't matter. The important bits are what happens to the characters and how it affects them. That's what matters. Like, forget the idea of the time. That is the least important part. Ironic coming from you. But yes, I, I, well, I, I stand by agree. it. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't disagree with you, but you. And we get that great, because I remember reading that issue and there's that great moment of like all the demons are going to go attack Gun in the hospital and Aaliyah, he just kills them and she has that bandolier and another demon's head's on a s- spear. It's great. You're very excited about the killing. I, I love After the Fall. I know. After the Fall, it might be the best contained story. Yeah, because you, we get a little bit of that, like once After the Fall is done, the book definitely loses some traction. And then the stuff that we didn't read that IDW continued to do falls off hard. Yeah. And so we jumped straight into Buffy then because it we does, skipped that. Unfortunately, yeah, it does make it a little, I don't know, you can feel the holes that aren't there yeah. the way that we did it, but I don't recommend doing it any other way. So season eight. 
I'm still talking highlights. Oh, sorry. I guess. I was going to go highlights to season eight. Oh, okay. moving on from After the Fall. All right. I know that you would literally talk about this for the entire time that we're talking. I was going to jump right to season 11. Oh, but okay. But we can talk we can, season 8. I'm just going to go chronologically. We can. Like, highlights oh, oh, oh. I just meant my whole, in general, highlights after the fall in season 11. Best stuff. Okay. But you can do it your way. I don't care. We have no script here. We have no script. No one can tell us what to do. That's true. Fine talk. Maybe somebody should tell us what to do. Fine talk season 8 highlights. It was there. It was big. I love the slow rollout of the characters early on. That it wasn't just, here's everyone. We got like Buffy and Xander. And then Willow comes back and does the great reveal of talking to Amy. She's like, there's no one who can fight me in the, doing the Giles line. of like, I'd like to test that theory. Love that. I liked Giles and Faith together in season eight. I did like that a lot. I really bought that relationship. That's something that that season did really well was kind of establish different dynamics. Honestly, I read them in such a way that I have trouble with breaks, like where breaks happened in this thing. Mm-hmm. So let me think. Season eight, that was season eight. Season nine, Angel really picked up traction and Buffy struggled hardcore. <laughs> I was trying to stay positive the show, but yeah, Buffy season nine is not very good. No, uh, but Angel was really good. Yeah, that was um, the introduction of Chris Duskage and Rebecca Isaacs, which ended up just getting continually better as time went on with the two of them. Not that season nine is bad, but... No, they just kind of fell into sync. Yeah, boy, so much. Yeah, so that was season nine. That was really good. Season 10 was pretty strong on both fronts. Yeah, I like getting um, especially Will Conrad on art. He just does such great lifelike renditions of stuff. Yeah. And I love, I think, all the crossover between the two of them. That's right. That was really fun. Yeah, just, you know, it was the first time really since, like, they both split off from the WB that the shows felt like they were kind of under one roof again. Yeah, and I really liked, I liked that the villain crossed over. Yeah. That was pretty fun. Makes no sense. But they were just like, eh, we kind of beat them once. All right, back to status quo. Yeah. Anywho. No, that didn't make any sense. But I liked, I liked that the villain crossed over. I liked that when they actually did cross over, it didn't feel like a weird stilted crossover. Like it felt very normal. Like, yes, we have this big thing that we can't beat. So let's call in all of our superpower friends to come help us out. Hey, anytime you can get Angel and Spike in a room together, I'm all about it. And that made perfect sense to me. Of course you would do that. It made less sense why then they would all split up again, but that's okay. That's for logistical reasons. I can live with that. And then season 11 Buffy. Fantastic. Really good. Well, it did what season nine didn't. Season nine tried to do metaphor for Buffy again. I mean, that's, if you go through the show, you can really identify every season by kind of a certain theme. Like season one, what? Oh, I'm just, I'm laughing because I've heard this list probably 20 times. And it's it's the same every time. Yeah, season one is all about, you know, female empowerment. Season two is all about the consequences of sex. Season three is all about kind of giving into your darker instincts. Season four kind of loses the metaphor a little bit. It's all about what do you do your first year after high school? How do you keep the band together? Season five is all about family. Season six is all about addiction. Season seven comes full circle back around to kind of the idea of girl power. And the comics kind of lose that to a point, but then season, and season nine tried to have a metaphor a little bit, but they messed it up horribly with the idea of like... Robot Buffy. Yeah, pregnancy equals robot. Doesn't work. But season 11 was very topical and of the time, and it really created a certain feeling for what was happening in the world. It's also incredibly insightful, but also a little alarming that you think about how, how soon they... How ahead of time they script these things. And, how and to how, yeah, exactly. 
but seasonal, it just, boy, it's so strange to think like 10 years in. I mean, you get that with obviously comics and whatnot. You know what I just thought too? After the Fall is a pretty compact story, and so is season 11 of Buffy. Yeah, I want to kind of do that next is what doesn't work. Not being I, negative, but just saying. Like, I So I really like the compact storytelling. Whatever, let's do it. What doesn't work? Monster of the Week really doesn't work anymore. That's a hard one. You end up getting the one-shots that it's really hard to have a fun one-shot because it just feels... There are a few of them out there. But there as a are. whole, they just feel like more of we're filling out this trade. Yeah, it it doesn't feel... In the show, Monster of the Week was sometimes a nice break from things the... are getting too intense or, you know, we just need to lighten up a little bit. And let's go back to characters and let's give Willow a, an episode and whatever. And it worked. Or at least I liked it. I don't yeah. know about you. No, I always liked to identify like, oh, this is this character's episode this season. Or maybe like a couple of them or something. And that would be for most seasons. Everyone would get an episode except for a season five of Angel where Gunn didn't get that. At least we're not still bitter about it. Why didn't he get one? Twelve years later. Thirteen. Everyone got one. Gunn didn't get one that season. Okay. I mean, he certainly had an arc, but he didn't get an episode. Everyone got one. So, moving back to the comics. Harmony got one. It doesn't work as well in the comic format to do the Monster of the Week. And I feel like the writers got that as well. Yeah, for me, what works best with these... Because you don't know until uh, you try it. Like, There's not a pure set formula of what works. Because I would say that, you know, my highlights being either After the Fall and Season 11 of Buffy. After the Fall is more character-focused, and that really works. Buffy Season 11 is more plot-focused, but that really works. So I can't even break it down into that. I just feel like you need to have a singular idea and build on that and try and keep it relatively tight. Yeah, I think the huge thing is that the motivations were very clear in both of them. And also, Buffy Season 11 is pretty character-focused. It's just that we know the characters so well that we didn't need to spend time building their characters. Yeah, but that's not a character-driven... It's I mean, obviously the characters are in there. They have, like, at least three of them have arcs, but it's definitely a plot-driven story. There's a thing that happens externally that they have to deal with. But I think, too, that it's, it's that we understand the motivations for those different arcs. We understood the motivation for... After the fall, literally, they are in hell and they're trying to figure the out... The show ended and then they need how to pick to, up after that fight. How to save everybody and save themselves and figure out what the world is like now and all that. But the motivation was very clear. I was never confused as to why we were doing things or how we got here. You know, I might not always understand, like, why is Angel doing this particular thing right at this moment? Because Angel's an idiot. Well, I knew that much, but He's a I, moth to the flame. But I trusted that we were still moving in the direction of figuring it out. And that's the same thing kind of with Buffy season 11. I was never in question as to what the problem was. And I think that for me, that's where the weaker parts of this comics thing have come is when the seasons kind of lost their focus of what is the main problem. Yeah, that's definitely true. And it kind of comes out of this thing of, like, sometimes as a creator, if some a company calls you up and says, like, hey, do you think you can do this? Sometimes it might be in your best interest to say, like, you know what, I can't quite break it. And the thing, too, is that there were very few times that I was reading this and saying, I can't see the good idea behind the arc right now. Like, even even Buffy Season 9, where we kind of start to lose traction. That was a good, that was a good term. I like that. Losing traction. I could still see what we were trying to do. We were still trying to make a metaphor between magic and the world that we live in and all of those good things. Metaphor falls apart in the show sometimes, too. It's certainly not 
you know, a straight line of like it definitely works when there's a metaphor or a failing metaphor i mean it started to fall apart god within even season one when willow dated that robot on the internet yeah. In 1997. That's a terrible episode. Is that the episode that we stopped watching Buffy for like three months because you couldn't get past it? It could have been. Or when Buffy kills her potential stepfather. It's a weird one. Not good. But anyway. Buffy's a robot. They're all robots. All the bad... You know what? You know what I've learned? Every bad Buffy story involves a robot. No robots. I actually don't... Willow dates a robot. Ted is a robot. Buffy's a robot. No more robots. I don't really like robots in anything. Or that one in season five where Warren made robots. Just, you know what? There we go. Steadfast rule. No robots in Buffy. It always sucks. Okay, cool. So we figured out the problems with Buffy. Let's try to think of good robots. I mean, I kind of... Eh, it's not... Okay, it's not 100% true. I kind of like when Spike had the Buffy sex pop, but then he let Glory beat him up because he couldn't betray real Buffy, and then she fakes him out. Yeah. That's a great scene. So you just made a definitive statement... And then backtracked. And then backtracked immediately. I also liked the robots in oh my season five of Angel when they You're attacked the Wolfram and Hart. They were like the robot ninjas. That was fun. You're the worst at making definitive <laughs> rules. I will stick with the no robot thing. You can no more. You can be wishy-washy on it. Let's go with best character arcs. Who has seen the most growth and what kind of works naturally? Mm. Beta George. Always Beta George. I miss Beta George. He's the best. She is the best. And Drew, I love her too. She doesn't really have any arcs. No, she's just more, ever. I'm here and I'm crazy. But I do love her very much. I had a good arc. Um, I guess, Let's just hit the biggies. I like Faith. Faith has been really good. I like Faith. Faith's had a couple of arcs and they've all felt very natural, like they're building upon one another and that she is still growing as a character. But not like she's regressed in between them. No. Does I, that make any sense? No, I certainly, like, if you I presented me with season, like, three Faith when she first came in, like, that is not the same character anymore, and I would never No, but the line, the yeah, line yeah. is straight. It's it not is. a, it's not like we all of a sudden jumped, you know, into the comics and Faith is a completely different character. I love feeling that Buffy is maturing. Even compared to, like, season seven Buffy, when she was like, in charge of all the Slayers, and she was just the opposite of fun. Like, everything she said, they kind of made fun of her. Like, oh, she's monologuing again. So all these, like, negative... Don't... Yeah, I know. All these negative monologues. I don't have negative monologues. Sometimes you do. Sometimes I do. You don't listen to your monologues. I do. <laughs> but how much I feel like Buffy is actually maturing. Mm -hmm. And some of it's a little forced that I don't buy, but as a whole, like, the character is growing more into being an adult, which is more of what I want to see. I don't want to see 20-something Buffy anymore. I want to see adult Buffy, and how does adult Buffy deal with problems? Yeah. I um... I throw that same argument out for Spike, especially yeah, what we saw in season, season 11, where he's not forcing things in the way that he has in the past. I thought it was really interesting, and I don't remember who said this, but in one of the comics recently that I read, somebody mentioned that Spike was still basically a baby vampire with a soul. Like, he was... Like the talk between Angel and Willow? Probably, yeah. When Angel's like, it doesn't matter, he's gonna screw it up anyway. Yeah, and, and it must have been Willow who said that he's still growing and changing, that Angel's lived with a soul for a hundred years. Angel's pretty sedentary in that. But that Spike went through a major change not very long ago, and so he is 
going through as many growing pains as Buffy is in a lot of ways. I thought that was really interesting. It made sense and I liked it. Angel has kind of stagnated himself for me a little bit. Like I definitely felt what we saw in IDW. We were seeing some kind of steps in a positive direction like with repairing his relationship with Connor or trying to deal with kind of like going back into the shadows when he's dealing with celebrity and it kind of felt like the character had gone through some stuff and they were dealing with it and then Twilight happened and I felt like that kind of regressed Angel back to where he was. You always say that Angel is the least interesting part of Angel. He really is. And I mean there's parts of that that I would disagree with you on but I think as a whole I enjoyed usually what was happening around Angel more than I enjoyed Angel. Like Angel and Faith, I... I like that dynamic. I like the dynamic, but I like it because of Faith. I like seeing Faith push Angel because she's tough enough to do it. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I liked the dynamic, but I don't necessarily... When she went over to Buffy in season 11, I felt it on the Angel side of things a lot. Yeah. I mean, we're never going to get it, especially at this point, because years have passed. But that kind of interconnective tissue between what happened in IDW and what happened to Dark Horse. And we get a couple of passing references, but that's about it. And that's okay. I can <sighs> live with that. I wish there was more, just because, you know... Oh, you mean, even... you mean from After the Fall? Yeah. Making its way into everything else. Oh, yeah. No, I could... I could definitely live with more after the fall making its way. I thought you meant just in general. Other characters that have had a lot of growth. Giles. Giles has been an interesting one, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen in that miniseries. Okay, I the one thing I was just thinking about Giles, though, they have taken their time with Giles, and I appreciate it. Giles was an adult, obviously, and then he was dead for a whole season. They kept him dead for a whole season. And then when they brought him back, he's a kid, but they still have not reversed that two seasons on. I don't think they should either. I don't think they should either. I think that was just a bold choice because, I mean, Wizard did it. You can put him back to being an adult if you really wanted to. Well, I also love that that's something you couldn't do if this was live action. You couldn't do Young Giles. Yeah. Not without it being like, that's just a different actor. Right. But I, I love that they made that choice and stuck with it. Even though I don't always love Young Giles, I love that that choice has consequences and we're not back to status quo. I would put Giles as one of the harder characters to write in this medium. Like in the show, you could have him show up, give his exposition, clean his glasses off disapprovingly, but he's definitely one of the harder ones to put into a book form. So I like how they had to do something different with him. I'd also put Lauren and Andrew into that category. So much of those characters were driven by performance, Mm -hmm. especially Lauren being a guy who would break out in song constantly and doesn't work as well. But they did a wonderful thing with him. Yeah, that was, John Byrne. I'm, yes, I totally agree that as a character, the song-based character is much harder to work into the print medium, but they did a really good job with it. I liked how there's that in After the Fall, I think it's in After the Fall, where they're each telling their story of how they ended up where they ended up, each of the characters. the the rhyming one. Yeah, and how. That's a great one. And how his is rhyming versus everybody else's is like their own, their different art styles, their different things. That is really fantastic. I I loved that. That might have been one of my favorite things of all the comics was just that they took each character and thought about what each character's art style and story retelling would be like. I loved that. Yeah, that was very stylized art coming from John Byrne, the guy who's, you know, work. But I remember like the Gru. Transcends. Oh, th- didn't he have his own like he was no, like he stick didn't. figures and like no no Gru was just a text thing in the front oh, of the that's book right. where he was like there's not enough Gru Selug in this book so they did like a one page like thing of Gru Selug blogging he's like currently listening to Coldplay I do remember that but didn't weren't there weren't there different art styles for the different characters though and that's yeah for the most of? part yeah yeah Lawrence was done by John Byrne who is 
I certainly know best from his run on X-Men with Chris Claremont and also his 1980s run on Fantastic Four. Like he, The style that he did the Lauren story was very stylized for that character. It's not his usual kind of stuff, and it was great. Yeah. And I think Brian Lynch did the scripting on the Rhyme one, and he got to work with John Byrne. That's pretty crazy. John Byrne is a legend. I just, I loved that. Definitely the biggest name who's worked on these books. I love it when it shows that the people who are creating these comics love these characters as much as the fans do. Yeah. And you get a lot of that. Um, it's shown through a ton in almost all of the seasons. Yeah, I feel like you can tell when people are more doing a job than more of a, like, holy like, crap, I'm doing these characters. I'm trying to reduce my bleeps. It looks so awkward. Yeah, I'm sure it did. Uh, something that we do a across the board kind of a terrible job of doing is raising up the artists. Yeah, we do really bad at that. Mostly because this book has, or both books for the most part, have been blessed with really great artists. I mean, going back to Franco Uro and After the Fall, that is such a unique style. And that's not really an artist that I had on my radar before that, but what he did in that book, you can point to everything he did there. Uh, George's Genty on Buffy created a look and a style that just stuck and continues to this day. Will Conrad over on Angel, Rebecca Isaacs on Angel and Buffy. Just solid artists, and I'm leaving some out, not intentionally. And I mean, we even literally looking at us is some of those artists' work, original work. It's lovely. And they really, I love how the tone of each show has continued throughout the comic in their art styles. It's not an intentional oversight, because I know we didn't talk about it nearly as much as we should have, but these books... Again, for the most part, there have been some exceptions, but a lot of the artists who have worked on these books have carried it. Like, as much oh, yeah. as I love the scripting, if the art isn't there, then the book falls apart. It doesn't have any, it doesn't have the right tone. Yeah, and it's been wonderful. And for a, a story that I love, it's been great having that consistency of just solid artists coming in and plotting all of these issues out and creating this wonderful pacing. It's been great. And I wish we had focused more on that, but it's not my forte. I mean, I'm as much, clearly as much as I love comic art, walk around our house for a minute. Won't take that long to see that. No. But I'm, I'm more of a, you know, just me personally, like, I'm not going to call myself a writer, but I'm more of a writer brain, I guess. And I am a visual brain. Yeah. So that's just where I kind of follow with my discussion of things more often than not. Yeah. It's my own shortcoming, not anything against the artists. Oh, no. They're, they're lovely. Oh, yeah. I feel bad for Willow in basically all of these comics. She has just had failed relationship after failed relationship <laughs> after failed relationship. And someone make Willow happy, please. I know. Oh, poor Willow. <laughs> Side note. Side um. note. Yeah. And Dawn's fine. And Xander still doesn't have an eye. Okay, before we... Okay, so we'll do two things kind of next. What would you like to see more of? And then we'll follow it up with what do you want to see next? Okay. I should have prepped you with these. You should have, yeah. <laughs> I want to see more crossover, but not stilted crossover. I want, this is not feasible, but I want it to be fluid. I don't mind having two concurrent stories happening. I think that that's cool, but I want the characters to be able to move back and forth fairly naturally between the two stories. Spike has been about the only one to do that. I guess Willow too. Yes. And those two, and, and you know what, Faith? Faith has done it. Yeah. Well, even I was thinking back to IDW. We saw Willow show up in that Spike uh, mini that was supposed to be a season, but then wasn't. Somebody's still bitter. But yes, we did. And i that's what I want to see more of. I want to see they're all under one roof. There's no reason that you can't mix up the cast a little bit. Like, I guess, I don't know what you'd call it other than Buffy on one side and Angel on the other, but 
But why not get Spike and Fred to go do something together? I would love that. And then why not have Buffy and Angel work together for an extended period of time on something? Not in a romantic way, but just in a, like, hey, let's tackle this project because we haven't actually communicated like normal people since season three of Buffy. Okay, (laughs) cool. Like, I, I would love to see that. For two characters who are supposed to still be in love, awkwardly, still kind of, a million and seven years later, they haven't had a normal conversation since season three of Buffy. Let's have another cookie dough conversation. So... Is Buffy done baking? I just really want cookies. (laughs) And you don't have cookies for me, so... We had a very unhealthy dinner. I still want cookies, and there are none. There are never cookies in our house, but still. Oh. Anyway, that's what I want to see more of. And what do I want to see Hang next? On. Well, let me do mine first. Oh, you ask me questions uh, two at a time. Uh. I was just trying to plan it out. Fine. And I want to see more of just tight storytelling, not going too far away from the plot. We don't need to deal with the ancillary characters as much like this last season, what we saw with kind of like putting Donna Xander to the side. They still got to do a bit, but I didn't feel their absence when they weren't there and it worked. And even the same thing with like after the fall, like Lauren was not a major player, but he still had a thing to do and he still, I didn't feel the absence of like, where's more of the Lauren arc? But I also didn't feel like he did a cameo appearance either. It no. was It was like, weirdly, he's living his own life and he intersects in their stories for a little bit. I would like to see more of a mix up with the casting. At this point, it's unfortunate, but there's been experimentation in many failed attempts. Introducing new characters is hard in this world. Oh, I know what else you want to see. I wasn't going to go just for his blanket statement of like, I want to have everyone back on every book. No, you just want the angel cast back. I mean, mostly I want the angel cast back. Like, fill that, because they're mostly dead. Fill it out as much as you can. Yeah. Get Gunn and Connor back. But even for Buffy, like, since we're not dealing with, you might have to pay someone for likeness rights, but get as much as Riley has been involved to get Riley to come back for, like, and have, like, a full arc in a season. Mix in Oz. Maybe take away Xander. Like, mix it up in a way that we haven't seen, because, you know, new characters clearly are not sticking the way that Dark Horse or IDW would like them to stick. It would be so hard to. I mean, I totally. Everybody I, else has this. As much as I want there to be new, backstory. yeah, I'd love to see new characters, but it's definitely you don't have the time to commit to that. So mix it up a little bit. Subtract a character that you wouldn't expect to see subtracted. Add in a character that maybe you haven't seen in a while. Explain what the hell is happening with Oz since magic changed. Okay, so there's that. And what was my other question? What do I actually think is going to happen next? No, what do you think is going to happen next? If just because I've kind of prepped two different plots. What do you want to happen next? Well, kind of what I said before, but... Okay, or whatever. I more have a pitch. You have a pitch. (laughs) Um, You have a specific pitch. On a more specific note, what do I want to see happen next? I want... What do I want? Do you want to say your pitches? I'd rather go last because I don't... Because I have a very specific idea in mind. I don't want you to be like, oh yeah, that'd be fun, or don't do that. I mean, I know... I know what one of them is. Do you? I think so. Okay, we'll find out, I guess. We'll find out. Yes, I have no time to think about this now. You always say you want a happy ending. I do want a happy ending. Although... Well, okay, I will at least preface it with that before going into my pitch. If it kind of wants to give you an idea of my thought process before I kind of give my idea. Buffy and Angel ended. They definitively ended. And they both ended the exact way I feel like they should have ended. That being said... You can't duplicate that. No. Buffy can't end on the note of 
this kind of hope and the world is open to you again. And Angel can't end on the idea of they're going to keep fighting no matter what. Right. That can't be what's next because that's already been done. Mm-hmm. I was just trying to open the door for you. Oh, no, that's true, though. I really do like happy endings. And I don't I don't see why we can't have some happy endings in here because... For a change. For a change. Like, can we give Willow a happy ending for once? Like, she has had a lot of tragedy and not a lot of balance to that, that being tragedy. Said, I also don't think you can bring Tara back. No, no, no. I don't want that either. I just want her to be happy. Because she wasn't particularly happy all the time with Kennedy or after Kennedy. And, I mean, even the Tara thing, it wasn't, it was messy and not always happy. I want Willow to be happy. Buffy and Spike, I like them together right now. So do I. So I want that to continue to grow. I want Buffy and Spike to a lesser degree. I want them to find stability. Yeah, nothing. I mean, this, I, I'm, I'm just, the story's a soap opera, so you have to have an aspect of a whole, like, how do we deal with this? We do, but I'm not even that. I was thinking more financial stability. <laughs> I'm tired. That's true. I'm tired of seeing them be like, oh, I'm still a student, or oh, I waitress, or oh, Here's my... Uh, I run a comic book store. Minimum wage job. (laughs) Then I'm living with my friends in this thing. And then good thing I have the rich friend who's willing to let me live in the apartment with her. Like, I just... Can we find that friend? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Patreon.com slash editors no comics. Um... Give us stability, please. Oh, gosh. It got too real. But that's what I want. I'm ready for them to move on in their personal lives a little bit. Not in, like, romantic ways, but in, like, a kind of like how in Friends, eventually Rachel got a real job. And it was a ridiculously, like, fake real job. Like, you can't just walk in and be like, and now I work at Barney's. And now I work at, with Ralph Lauren. And now I work all these things. But I... I mean, she should have ended up with Joey in my book. Okay, that's... So not what I'm talking about right now. But I'm ready for their professional lives to actually, like, do something. Also, Willow can't keep getting all these ridiculous jobs being like, I'm good at computers. The computers I'm good at. And then all of a sudden they're like, here's 70,000 levels of clearance. Thank you, Ms. Rosenberg. She's like, computer. Yeah, that's been a thing since season one. That trope keeps on a rolling. Willow computers. And Xander still doesn't have a job, again. I, I'm totally cool that none of them really went to college somehow. Willow finish college? Unclear. The college blew up, Let's so assume. I don't think so. But whatever. Computers, so... I don't think Willow could live with herself, at least not having a bachelor's. Right. So that's what I want to see in this next season. I want to see them actually integrate into the real world in a semi-realistic way. Because I don't care if you're getting your rent for free because you got rid of the demon that used to live in your apartment. But you can't buy all the things from Ikea with the demon goodwill money. Like, even if they were all suddenly working as consultants for the police department, I would be able to believe that. Okay, you're like, I want a tight story, but also where did they get their money? <laughs> I want to know where they got their money from. Which, I watch Friends, so I shouldn't be so concerned about where they get their money from. But at least Friends has, like, a fake, plausible explanation, like, it's rent sure, controlled or Monica is a chef who never is in the kitchen and always has off nights and weekends, but I'm not going to worry about that because she's a chef. Whatever. Anyway, that's what I want to see. That's the kind of realism I want in my comic. All right. I have a two-pronged pitch. 
does it involve them getting jobs? No. Can my, they get jobs, though, my in your world, too? Jobs. I just want them um, to be functional people. Most of what I want to see, and this is kind of a weird thing to say, especially coming off of Buffy Season 11, mm-hmm. I want it to end. I know. You want that for the turtles, too. That's never going to happen. At least um, not my version of them. Okay, anyway. This comic has been going on longer than it's been a TV show. It's been going on for 11 years now, and I love it. And I don't think that's really up for debate. But what I don't want to have happen is for it to just go away. Fizzle? Yeah, you know... Um, better to burn out than fade away kind of deal. Yeah, definitely. I would love to see... You'd love to see them choose to end as opposed to... The sales aren't there. Being forced to end. Yeah. So kind of my pitches for the future would be, let's end this and let's end it right. Uh, And there's kind of a two-pronged idea to this. (laughs) With jobs... Yes. And stable (laughs) relationships. With 401ks and marriages. (laughs) We don't have one of those things. I have a 403B. Oh, God. Anyway. I have something somewhere I need to call. I thought that you cashed that out. I don't know. I got something kicking around. Do you? Somewhere. Look at that. Look into that. Don't cash it out. (laughs) It's been in my to-do pile for about 10 months. Wow. Yeah, I should really do that. Anywho, with Angel... It's kind of a three-pronged story. It's a two-pronged, three-pronged story. (laughs) Yes, well, two-pronged of like Buffy and Angel. We'll see where I'm going with it. But with Angel, one of the things that I would really like to deal with is the Shanshu. That has been dropped for the most part, aside from a few passing references. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that Angel has to become human or it needs to be fulfilled. But I think the idea of the Shanshu needs to be reintroduced to kind of, you know, put some pep back in Angel's step. I would also like that simply for the well, even, wrapping up of loose ends aspect. And even IDW said that like Angel's side in it was to cause the apocalypse and he had all those like heads on pikes. Oh yeah, that's right. But what we know, we know that Wolfram and Hart is still a thing. We know that past employees are still under that clause. So to me that says that Wesley is still a thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. If I were doing it, I would have Angel and his full cast get Faith in their gun, Connor... Illyria slash Fred. Christ, get Spike back. That'd be awesome, too, if you could pull that. Get them going up against Wolfman Hart one last time to save Wesley's soul. See, and tell me why you don't want Buffy in on that, too. How much better would that be if she was there, too? I don't want Buffy in on that, because I I want want to be finishing up the Angel side of things, because... I don't care. They're all the same in my brain. Let's put them all together. (laughs) In my eyes, it's Angel going up against Wolfman Hart one last time, and I would love to see Angel... I'm not saying, like, bring Wes back. I'm saying find a way to release his soul from them, especially after Wesley betrayed them and after the fall. Because there's nothing that we have that says that Wes isn't still there, especially since we've seen Lila back a few times and that Wolfram Hart is still definitely there. I have every reason to believe that Wesley is still under contract. You could even do a thing like kill gun. Oh, harsh. Well, but what I was going to say is what would kind of, like, kick it off is, like, oh, they're all still under con They still signed those contracts, and, like, Gunn goes under the employee of, like, Wolfman Hart, like, in some... That's kind of what shows it. hmm Okay. But to, yeah, to deal with the Shanshu, whether or not Angel becomes human or not, to take down Wolfman Hart once and for all, and to save Wes. Okay. Would be my pitch. And I think that could I wrap up that. everything. And then Prong Buffy? Prong Buffy. Frey. Yeah. And the oh, way, this is the part I knew. If I was doing this, I was right. I would do maybe potentially fifteen issues of Angel, mm-hmm. and maybe twenty-five of Buffy. So when Angel wraps up, you can have that whole cast, everyone, do the biggest crossover you could have in this world happen for a solid ten issues, where you don't need to deal with the logistics of oh, the Angel book is still happening. Okay, 
I could live with that. And have Buffy go up against whatever this last big bad is. My instinct would be to, like, say, do the first again, because the first was only beaten back and not actually defeated. But then if I already have my Wolfman Heart idea, it feels kind of reductive to do two old villains right in a row. It does. So do whatever the thing is that Buffy needs to go up against, where she banishes all of the demons from the realm, and Buffy disappears, and, you know, all the demons go away, and she does her sacrifice where she disappears, and we build ourselves into the fray future. And maybe you could have a thing be like, one that happens, that maybe the Shancho happens to either Angel or Spike or both, where then when all the demons disappear, they don't have to disappear as well. Okay. And have it tied into Buffy. did Buffy disappear then in that one? She does. She does die. And that's, so where is my happy ending? Ah, uh, Buffy's dead in it. <laughs> Okay, it's a bad ending then. Not good. No bueno. You're going to need to come up with a different ending. Okay. Okay. But that... Just so we're clear. Yeah, if... I was on board for everything else. Or, you know, if you want your happy ending. Because all we see in Frey, and it's a vague retelling that Buffy is sucked into a portal and never to be seen from again. Maybe she gets sucked into the portal. And then Dawn, using her key powers... Portal opens her out. Yes. Yes, There we go. Better. Better job. You just had to get a little bit more. Or maybe you do it with Dawn stepping up and going like, no, I don't accept this. And you go, you see Dawn trying to force open the portal and you cut there so you don't know what happens and it's kind of ambiguous. Oh, I thought you were going to have Dawn sacrifice herself for Buffy. Oh, flip it on its head. Yeah, but I was really oh, thinking be... Connor do that. <laughs> Bye, Connor. I like the idea of like... Sending Connor and Dawn <laughs> into the void. I feel like... And then everybody else is happy. That'd be really... Actually, I like that. Because Scr- the fake people are gone. Scratch my idea of Buffy sacrificing. Make it be Don. Yeah, flip it on like the 100th episode head. That No, that's, that'd be great. Also Connor. <laughs> I just want Connor to fight some demons and be happy with he angels. Will, he will. He and Don will go together into the wilderness. Okay, great. Their children slash sister will be together forever. You know, I tried to do a real pitch. Uh, mine's real too. <laughs> if it were me, that's what I would do. Okay, I can live with most of that. Side note, I'm going to tag Dark Horse in this shit. Side note. <laughs> Give me a job! Side note. Financial stability. I'll work for a real low rate. Yeah. What's your min? I'm on board, baby. Do you know the minimum wage in Maine is $10 an hour? Oh, really? Is it? It is. Oh, I should yell at my employer. Yes. Yes, you <laughs> should. Monologue at him, even. <laughs> That's what I would do if it were up to me. Okay, I can live with that. But, I mean, we're not done. Giles is still coming up. No new Buffy or Angel have been announced yet. I was looking at their numbers today. Buffy, I think, will definitely get renewed. Also, we've seen that Christos Gage and Joss have met for stories, plus some other tweets in there. They kind of indicate more is happening. Angel, despite having relatively low sales, I don't think is done. Dark Horse has other kind of long-going stuff that is doing worse than Angel. So I don't think Angel's done either. Well, Hope that's it's good. Not. That, would be, that would be really positive if it weren't. Uh, but that being said, what does the future hold? For us. For us, specifically. For us, specifically. Uh, we're going to come back and talk to you about Giles at some point. Well, there is that. When our release schedule is going to be relatively diminished because we are... Out know, of material. <laughs> we're not, is the thing. Uh, we're not going to cover the non-canon stuff. Because I feel like that would be the obvious thing to do. But the reality is, it's not good and it's not fun. And the point of this show is to kind of raise things up versus being like, this is crap. I know. So what we're going to do is we're going to drop from a weekly show to a monthly show to try and, you know, kind of essentially milk it out. But just so we make sure that we have content. But what we're going to do in this time, instead of just doing Buffy and Angel, we are going to 
because um, there's no real other good way to do it because there's not enough of it, segue into some other properties that people would who listen to this would probably know. So we're going to cover... Some other Whedon properties. Essentially, yeah. I guess we could just say We're that. doing the Whedon <laughs> comics. You should change our name. Nah, because we're still going to do Buffy and Angel when they happen. So we're going to do all of the Serenity stuff. Uh-huh. So that will cover five shows, at least for what exists right now. We'll do Dollhouse. That'll be a show. We'll do Dr. Horrible. That will be a show. Those ones aren't very good. Are they horrible? <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah, how do you turn a musical into a comic? The answer is Not poorly. as fun. But we'll do stuff like that. So that will, you know, get us another seven episodes plus the Giles stuff, which is coming. And ideally, I am going to try and reach out to some of the creators who have worked on the Buffy and Angel stuff. And hopefully we can get some interviews mixed in there as well, which would cover episodes. So there's still stuff coming. We're just kind of slowing down to make sure that we can continue to be consistent just slowly consistent and if you guys have anything you actually want us to talk about or that too send us an email this is just you know spitballing ideas this is literally us sitting in our basement so in our podcast studio in our basement so studio it's next to my sewing room so oh yeah so that's a room and this is a basement yes so uh if you actually want to see something hear something hear something um send us an email let us know what you want us to talk about or if you, I don't know, have any questions that you want us to pass along to any possible interviewed creators. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just, we're not getting weeded. We're not. <laughs> That's not happening. We're not going that far in the world. Hey, I can send a tweet. It'll be unanswered, but I can send it. Yes. I don't really Twitter, so I couldn't even do that. But let us know what you guys want to hear. Yeah, so we're not done. We're just slowing down to once a month from here for as long as we can make that work essentially just material wise oh and also i didn't mention it (laughs) to me or to them i mentioned it to you oh good there is one more buffy comic that may or may not be canon that we haven't covered yet that we are going to do in the future okay i think i want to save that one for a ways down the road though all right but there is still one more that is debatable all right doesn't really matter if it is or isn't to be honest but debatable if it's canon or not and we will still have one more to pull out but until i guess next month i know on that note we'll talk to you again sometime in a month in a month well, yeah. I'm confused. Am I going to talk to them in March? Maybe. It's February now. I don't know. Okay. It might be March. It might be April. I don't really know how time works or weeks. <laughs> I don't really know how time works either. <laughs> so on that note. um, It will be consistent. I don't know. I haven't picked a date yet. Probably um, whenever this comes out, we'll probably, I'll just do like four weeks after that or something. We will talk with you soon. Yeah. Stay subscribed. We ain't going anywhere. Yeah. Just slowing down. Yeah. If you want to send us an email at editorsnotecomics at gmail.com. All the typical internet-y things for Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, at editorsnotecomics. If you want to get the show a week early, it's still going to be a thing. One buck a month will get the show a whole week early, along with my other show, the Editors Note Comics podcast, a day early. Which is all the time. That's not slowing down. Yeah. That's still going. Yeah, if you want to send us any ideas or any feedback or any anything, that would be great. And if you could please rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, every little bit helps. The more exposure we get, the more people can find it, especially now that we've kind of done this whole mass of continuity. Like, it's out there now. It's all done. Well, it's not done, but you know what I mean. It is currently caught up. Oh, and I should say that when we do Giles, we're going to do it the way we have been doing it. It's not going to be a month-to-month thing. Yeah. When I mean, it's going to be like the week that it ends, we'll do a show, but... Yeah, we're not going to do the individual issues. Does that sound negative? I didn't mean it to. I just want to keep it more in line, in line with, with what we've done. Yeah, thanks for hanging out for, you know, 
a year. I know, that's crazy. If you've been doing it that long. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back relatively soon to talk Serenity to you. Bye. Hello again. Hi. We're back a month later, and we have news. We do have news. Angel is canceled. But, okay, (laughs) what I found interesting was how many of the things that we wanted to happen that actually did happen. Yeah, no kidding. Um, So I wanted everybody to go back under one book. They are. And I wanted some things as well. So as I mentioned today, season 12 has been officially announced. But with that also comes, it is the final season of Buffy for the second time ever. Yes. (laughs) It is going to be a four issue run. I think just for the sake of reaction, I'm just going to read what was released by Dark Horse officially. We'll kind of go from there. Dark Horse is proud to announce the return of Joss Whedon and Christos Gage to unite the Buffyverse for a battle-filled Four issue, Buffy the Vampire Slayer Season 12, The Reckoning, dumb name, this June. I commentated a little bit in there. <laughs> yes, they didn't call their own name, dumb name. Moving on. It's not my fault. Buffyverse alum artist Georges Genty also returns to lend his illustrative skills to the next installment. Following the word-altering finale of Season 11, Buffy and the Scoobies have had a laid-back year in the Saving the World department. But as they've learned over the years of fighting the forces of darkness and thwarting many an apocalypse, or apocalai, not sure what it is. I don't think it's apocalai. I want to say it's apocalai. It's definitely not. Okay, moving on. Nothing stays quiet for long. When Don and Xander's housewarming party is crashed by some familiar faces with news of an amassing force that they must reckon with, Wolfram and Hart, a legion of demons, and Hearth, a vampire from the future, Buffy finds herself in a time warp. Let's do the time warp again. Nope, that was another commentative Maybe moment. Maybe just don't say time warp. Not my fault. That could alter the fate of the world. It could spell the end of Buffy, her friends, and the Slayers forever. This action-packed miniseries reunites the Buffyverse with the return of Angel, Faith, Illyria, and Frey, the Slayer from the future. End of press release. Yes. And they released three covers. Let's hit the covers first, I guess. One of the covers? Lovely. It's Buffy. It's a lovely image of Buffy. It is a really lovely image of Buffy, but it's... Her, uh, by Stephanie Hans. It's uh, just one image of Buffy. She's holding the scythe. That's all we really know. There's a beautiful painting. It, it is, but it doesn't really tell us any new information. It doesn't tell us anything about the reckoning. Which is fine. I actually have no problem with covers not telling you anything. I'm projecting a little here. I'm nitpicking when really I'm hurting inside. Right. So, <laughs> dear listener, you weren't there when I got the phone call. Or the texts. All of them. About how Buffy all over. was canceled again. <laughs> not canceled. I don't think canceled is the right word. Buffy is ending again. Yeah, Buffy. I don't. I don't read this as cancellation by any stretch of the imagination. If if, you know, you heard like ten or twenty minutes ago, however long ago I said it, I said I wanted this to end. I think it should be a finite story, and it's ending. Twenty one years later, I guess makes it finite. But yeah, it's um, it's time. Dark Horse also said that they were potentially going to be releasing more stories in the future, but as far as seasons go. This is the end, which probably means more stuff like the high school years, so maybe don't. So, for somebody... Unless you want to hire me to write them, then I'll do it. Somebody who, ten minutes ago, was like, I think that what this story needs is to end. Now it got announced that it is ending. I'm not ready. And you are devastated. I am. So... I don't know what we call that. <laughs> but... I text you like it feels like a breakup. I'm not ready for it to be over. Yes, that is exactly what you texted me. I feel like David Tennant when he's dying in Doctor Who. I don't want to go. You haven't seen that yet? It's very sad. You'll cry. Yeah. Why do we have to watch Doctor Who? To watch people die over and over again. Okay, moving on. 
So, what we see for the other covers, the ones that are far more relevant, keeping in mind that this is a year later, uh, our main, or maybe not the main cover, I don't know who the main covers are at this point, it's unclear. It feels One like of the that, covers. It feels like the first cover that we talked about is the main cover, yeah, because this... it was the main issue, the main image on the press release. But the thing that Dark Horse tweeted out was a cropped image of this, which has Buffy holding a baby. That's because this is the most controversial image. It's not controversial, it's the most, eh, you know, I don't even know. Buzzworthy? Been... Buzzworthy? <laughs> Which one's the most eyebrow raising? Is it the baby one? Might be the baby one. Whose baby is it? I don't know. The baby. You, you threw out a baby theory already. You're up there with your theorizing. What did I theorize? Well, the next cover. Oh, that was more of a sarcastic comment, but sure. Really? Yes. Oh, I thought that could be the thing. Okay. Well, good for me. I don't know. It's a theory. I'll roll with it. So uh, I think the most obvious one is Aunt Buffy. That this, you know, it's a year later. This could potentially be Xander and Dawn's baby. Could be. Would be my main guess. I mean, kind of since I don't know the end of season seven to a point, Buffy has been striving for normalcy. Could she have potentially adopted with Spike? She could have, I guess. I am gonna say Dawn and Xander are the most likely candidates. I totally agree. Buffy also has a scythe like on her back, kind of. Oh, I mean, it's just slung over there. Yeah, but it's it's very clear that she. This is an image that shows us the two sides of Buffy, the normal person. Buffy's still slaying. She's got a holster with stakes, which I think is neat. Yeah. The scythe and a baby. Maybe or maybe not hers. I don't know. And then image number two. Three. Three. My mistake. Bad with basic counting. The cover by Carl Moline. We see Hearth and an army of demons. All kind of, you know, just generic ones. Uh, We do see the kind of transformed vampires. That weren't necessary, or maybe they're not even the vampires, but just, you know, maybe they are, maybe they aren't like the ones with the bat wings and fangs and all that. Yeah, the more creature-like vampires. Yeah, unclear. And then we get a line of Buffy's forces going up against them. Hearth is the only one who's really recognizable from Frey, who was the um, twin of... Frey. Frey, yeah. <laughs> Malaka. Because his last name would also be Frey. Oh, that's really true. I never really <laughs> thought about that. But yes. And we see Buffy, Willow, Xander, Spike, and then the rest. Angel, Faith, Illyria. Did, no, did you say Giles? Not there yet, because that's sorry. a biggie. No Dawn, which I'm not sure if that's a big thing or not. Maybe it's the baby thing. Yeah, who knows. And adult Giles. With his glasses back and his tie. <laughs> he has a three-piece suit going into battle. He does, and it's charming. Yeah, so I guess maybe in that Giles mini, that uh, by the time this goes up, Issue one will be out. Maybe within that four-part series, Giles will regain his adultness. Maybe this means nothing. It could just be a cover. Maybe. Or maybe Giles becomes an adult again. Isn't that crazy? We are down to the last eight issues. Well. Or seven by the time this comes out. Seven. Buffy is done in September. Let's go back to this image. You're not quite done with it. So this is all on a red background. And overlooking it all is the shadowy face of a woman. With a fun haircut. With a fun haircut. And a nose piercing and two ear piercings, so we know she's a rebel. I'm really just deflecting my own sadness here. I know. Um, it could be... It could be... It could be Frey. It could, could be Frey. It, it could be Dawn. I doubt it. I doubt it. The theory you throw out is maybe it's the baby from the future. Except, what did you say? Maybe it's an adult baby. <laughs> Is that what I said? I didn't say future baby, I said adult baby. Adult baby. baby. (laughs) I think it's in the adult baby. But the big thing that we get from this press release, aside from Angel, Faith, and Elyria coming back, the fact that Frey is going to be mixing it up in this, along with Hearth, kind of me, you know, we're kind of in the Terminator 2 world of the future isn't set. 
Yeah. So what we know from before is this final battle, which Frey knew nothing about, although you could argue that she was younger, knew nothing about it, and her older self always traveled back, was that at the end of the world, Buffy got sucked into a portal and took all the demons with her. And maybe that's what happens at the end of this, and maybe it's not. But I like that they worded the press release such that I know, I've been like, it's not set either way. I've been worried all day. I'm like, Buffy's going to die. Buffy's going to die. Buffy's going to die. I don't think Fictional Buffy's character. Die. I honestly, in my heart of hearts, do not believe that Buffy is going to die. Someone's going to die. We're not getting out of this with nothing. I don't think anybody's going to die. Someone has to. No one needs to die. They are fictional characters. None of them have to die. Yeah, that's not how that's going to work. We've had this conversation many times. You ever seen a Whedon finale? But see, nobody has to die. I do love it. This is the kind of fight we've never had before. We are gathering not quite everyone, but a good solid number of characters all coming together. I can't believe this is four issues. That feels so small. Like, if you had said it was six, I could have, like, nodded and be like, okay. But four just, boy, that is going to be no packed. Your heart would still be breaking. You would just pretend, like, somehow. If it were only six, you'd be like, but but what about 12? I mean, my concern is that we're not going to have time for character moments in here. And that we're not possibly going to have enough time to hit all of the beats that you might want to hit. Who knows? I don't know. I don't. I have no idea. I mean, we have because nothing but talented people working on this book. Between they're doing four issues, but there's nothing to say they aren't oversized issues. Is there? I don't know. Do they say anything about them being like four normal issues? It's going to be in next month's order, so I don't know. I'm not going to really know until then. It doesn't say that they are supersized, but it doesn't say that they aren't. No, I don't know. I'm, I won't know until I do my March order, which is going to open up in like a week or two, because February is a weird month with it being a short month. Yeah. Uh, I might be, because hmm, it's not in solicits yet, I don't think. But that's possible, isn't it? I don't it? know. Yeah, we'll see. In I really, the world of comics? I have no idea. But it's done, and it, it feels... Like a breakup. It does feel like a breakup. It's so foreign to me. Like, I've lived in this world for like two decades. Rereading it, rewatching it, all this stuff is very strange. But you can still reread and rewatch. I know. And the beauty is, is at the end of the day, we got an extra 11 years of stories. That's a lot of stories. Yeah. And I stand by, I want it to end, and I want it to end well, and I don't want it to fizzle out into nothingness. I would rather have a strong ending. And with the people who are working on it, I'm going to believe that it's going to be that. What? What's that face? Uh, that face is, these are all the things that I said to you about an hour ago, and now you're just saying them back to the world. No, I said them in the podcast earlier tonight. I said I wanted them to end. Also, Wolfram and Hart, they're going up against Wolfram and Hart one more time. I know, is that take, what you wanted? Yeah, take those f***ers down. You can't say that. Bleeped it. No, you didn't. Not in real life. You should. You know what? Lila and Co are on my shit list. Bringing that back. Remember that? That was funny. Oh, I do remember that. That was the what? The IDW stuff? I wonder yeah, if Wes fun. will be back then. I so... I can't imagine they're going to have time to squeeze in to save Wesley's story. I know that's what I pitched. I'd love it, but I... Boy, so that'd then, be a big old gut punch. This brings us to the next part of our little discussion here. About the little Twitter storm that we created <laughs> today when this came out. was a small tweet. I didn't mean to. It was also relatively small. I threw it up on my own Twitter. I'm like, this is everything I want. So when I tweeted that, I didn't know that it was the final season. It was just like, all the teams are coming together. They're all fighting Wolfram and Hart. And then I saw it later. I was like, it's the finale. I was like, oh, no. So I tweeted Chris Toscage. I'm like, hey, if this is the end, I'd like to petition for Gunn and Connor to come back. And he, you know, being... Very kindly tweeted yeah, me back. For he some... could have just ignored it and probably should have. <laughs> yeah, for some reason, he's generally kind with tweeting me back. He's like, 
hey, I'm still writing it, but don't get your hopes up. I'm also paraphrasing here. And I was just like, you know, totally understandable. You know, four issues, looking forward to it. Best of luck. And it was actually longer than my tweet. So bad paraphrasing. And then I went back to my Twitter and I was like, what are all these notifications? And people were like, bring them back! And so then, Christos Gage... <laughs> Upped it to, I'll try. Yeah. Basically, they're, I think it was like, they're an angel's heart and mind, and also mine as well. I'll try. So, you know, if they come back, I take full credit for this. I am the writer now. Huh. Not. Not. Also, if they don't show up, it's not my fault, guys. Also, it's just bravado <laughs> to cover the tears. <laughs> just so everybody knows. I'll take a passing mention. I, my favorite text from you today was, my day is shot. <laughs> And that was at, like, 2 o'clock this afternoon. I wasn't very productive after this. But, boy, we'll see. I'm As much as I don't want it, I'm glad it's ending. Yeah. I think it should. Yeah. And it should end right, and it should end with the right creatives. I'm a little bummed that Rebecca Isaacs isn't going to be involved with it, just because I like her stuff so much and how much that's evolved over the last few years. Maybe they'll bring her in for a cover. Uh, yeah, you never know, because they've, I mean, Carl Maline's doing a cover, George Genty's doing a cover. We have that beautiful painted cover by, what was it, Stephanie Hans? Yep. Okay, cool. Yeah, hopefully she'll at least get to do something else because I really enjoyed her work over the last few years. Are you a little little glassy-eyed right now? Do you know how hard it's going to be to get through that episode? I do. I do know. I think we should do that one sober. Dear listener, I hope that you know as well (laughs) how hard it will be to get through that episode. So, I mean, assuming, I don't even know if that's true, assuming that this is a monthly series, because that's always what Buffy's been, starting... Now, because like, by the time this comes out, the first Giles issue will be out. Starting now, we're into the home stretch. One issue a month, four of the Giles, where he may or may not become an adult again, which I think I want. You want to end it with Giles as an adult? Yeah, I think not so. Not with Giles, like, being a weird 13-year-old. But boy, I mean, if all the demons die, that means Spike's dead, Angel's dead, Oz is dead, Dawn, who knows what she would count as. But there's no there's no guarantee of anything. But because of the fra- yeah phrase in the mix, that might change everything. And Buffy's already messed with the timeline, like going back to the whole evil Willow in the future thing. And I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm mean... sorry that your predictions came true. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it. Almost all of them. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Meanwhile, uh... I'm pretty pleased that everybody's back under one book. <laughs> like, oh, good. We can finish the show in the coming year. No, more like we can put everybody back together again instead of having weird divisions like, I'm going to call you up on the phone. Look, let's be real. I just want Gunn to be back so we can know that Fred's alive and the pain and guilt he felt about her death can be absolved. And Connor, I want to have a good relationship with his daddy at the end. Before he dies in the fray future. You're going to actually cry during this, aren't you? I promise nothing. There's going to be tear stains on that comic. I guarantee I'll at least be glassy-eyed. From the first second. Does that count as today? Yes. You're going to look at those, <laughs> those covers and just, yeah. Oh, boy, there is. Yeah. There, so that's what's coming. I know er, earlier, and by earlier, I mean a few minutes ago, I kind of like laid out a plan for us. That plan still ultimately exists. I might, uh, keeping in mind of now where I know things are going to be falling for end of releases, I might mess with that schedule a little bit just to try and make there be kind of a more natural flow within the podcast. Yeah, that makes sense. Hopefully we have some interviews coming. Uh, We'll definitely be doing the Giles one like the second that wraps up. The same with Buffy. I will be recording that podcast the day before it comes out because, you know, comic shop. Get it a day early. I have to pay for it, though. It's a thing. Um, So that'll be ready to go. We'll see. That's all we really have to say. Well, yeah, Buffy is officially ending. 
don't know. We'll just have to cross <laughs> that bridge when we come to it. Processing here. I have seven months to process. Oh, good. That's a lot of months. He's more like eight, but whatever. I have eight months to process this information. So anyway. Yeah, Um. I guess we'll be back next month for, I'm not quite sure yet, something. Definitely something. So we'll talk to you then. Yeah. Um. Until then, you know, let's all be sad and hopeful together. Bye.